Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Forrester's CX Cast. As always, this is Sam Stern, joined by my co-host, Diana Lawfer. Hi. And this week, our guest in studio is Vice President and Principal Analyst, our colleague, Megan Burns. Hello, Megan. Hi, Sam. And Megan, we in, uh, asked you here this week to talk with us about your research into emotion and its role in customer experience. So thank you for joining us, first of all. And what I want to ask you is, what, why is emotion sort of burst onto the scene here recently? And so why is it something that's sort of um, relevant uh, in customer experience? So like, what, what is the role of emotion, I guess I should say, in customer experience? Yeah, it- There are a couple different things that are making now sort of the moment that emotion is really coming to the forefront. Um, One is the fact that more companies are getting better at the functional basics. Mm -hmm. In some industries, there was a very long time where just the ability to do something, let alone the ability to do it easily, was unique to one or two companies. And now that a lot of those things are evening out, you know, if you want to get a new computer, most computers are more than good enough for the average consumer. Uh, Companies are looking for something else that they can use to set themselves apart. And so starting to think about the emotional connection that they have with a consumer, the way that they make the customer feel, Um, it's becoming a place where they can compete. I think also with social media and with the advent of uh, promoters and advocates, brands see that when they can really get someone who's passionate about their brand, there's a tremendous amount of value in that. And so thinking about not just the emotion that you create because it's going to make that customer come back, but also what it can do in terms of creating buzz and creating um, viral uh, word of mouth for you. Mm-hmm. There's also there have been a lot of big stories about companies doing that successfully, and other companies want to follow suit. Managing emotion that seems something that's uh, kind of hard to do, and, and also a little bit creepy. Is it is it <laughs> is it realistic for for companies to be able to manage how their customers feel about an experience? It's a great question, and the answer is ultimately no. The only people who can manage your emotions is you, right? And and that's a skill that, you know, frankly, emotional intelligence is, you know, something that a lot of people talk about and is a very valuable life skill. But a company doesn't manage your emotions. At best, they can influence them. Okay. And they influence them by understanding the emotions that you're likely to bring to any sort of an interaction that you're having with them, as well as really understanding some of the rules of emotional response. And so saying, if I do X, we understand that that could cause customers to feel one of a couple of different ways depending on this situation. And so I think companies are better able to predict the 
result that their behavior will have on a customer's emotions when they understand how things work. But it's influence at best because there are so many other factors that go into influencing our emotions beyond what's happening to us right now. Yeah. To that point, I mean, can you talk about some of the most important things that um, companies and, and CX pros should, should keep in mind um, so that they and their organization can manage emotion or, or not manage, as, as we said, but yes, influence, influence it or, or be mindful yeah. of what to keep in, you know, what's important to emotions? Yeah. So emotions have a reputation for being really illogical. And they seem that way, but they actually kind of follow their own set of rules. And so the more you understand those rules, the more accurately you're able to understand how customers are likely to respond emotionally. Uh, One of those rules is the fact that we are hardwired as human beings to be more sensitive to negative things than positive Mm. things. Mm -hmm. It's a basic survival instinct. It's part of the biology of the brain. And the more heightened our emotional state, the more we laser focus in on those negative things. So if you've spent all this time designing this great mobile app or this great website and someone is using it when they're standing on a busy street corner in New York City, not sure which direction they're supposed to go, chances are they're going to miss a lot of what you put into that app because they're already stressed and anxious and things are, you know, they're really focusing in on what they need to do. So understanding how people are likely to be feeling when they come to your app, being, I think, a little bit realistic about what they're actually going to see and what they're actually going to experience. Um, And also really taking time. I know it's not as... um, fun or sexy to talk about removing customer pain points as it is to talk about delighting or wowing people. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter (laughs) is in terms of people's emotional response to an experience and how it influences their loyalty to a company, you get a bigger bang for your buck removing pain than you do creating delight. That's a great point. I mean, I think the idea when you hear emotions, you do think about, okay, we're going to make them delighted or make them really happy. But often it's companies are already creating emotions, frustrating, anger, um, you know, feeling like you're not being taken care of. And so to the extent that you can dial down those emotions that you're causing in customers, you're, you, you are creating much more emotionally resonant experiences, even though they're just less emotionally painful. Right? Yeah. And you're, you're changing people's behavior. So one of the most mm. well-established, empirically established principles in behavioral economics is loss avoidance. Yeah. And it's the idea that we will go out of our way to avoid negative consequences and we'll go a lot further out of our way to avoid negative consequences than we will to get positive consequences that are the same size. So the way behavioral economists often talk about this is that losing $20 out of your wallet feels two to five times more intense in badness than randomly finding $20 on the sidewalk feels from an intensity of goodness perspective. And that's, again, hardwired into us because avoiding threats keeps us alive as human beings a lot longer than, (laughs) you know, occasionally missing out on an opportunity. Right. Right. That's a great point. Is there, um, you know, a company that you could share with us that's, you know, doing emotion well, like, you know, even if it's just removing some of these painful emotions out of their experiences? Um, Yeah, there are a bunch of different companies that I talked to for this report in particular. And the what they're doing ranges from some things that are really, really broad to some things that are are really, really narrow. So one of the first ones that jumps to mind is Vanguard. Mm. They were getting ready to redo their public-facing site. And rather than just think about how do we acquire customers or 
how do we talk to people about the investment products that we offer, they took a step back and actually did research on how do people feel about investing, independent yep. of Vanguard. And in particular, how do people who are either new to investing or people who've been investing for a while but someplace else, right? what is the emotional baggage, frankly, that people bring to that yeah. topic and how does the way they set up the site influence that. So everything from people tend to feel really overwhelmed. And so if you go to that site, you'll see that their pages are very sparse. And it's because visual clutter oh. adds to that feeling of being overwhelmed. And if you're already hmm. feeling overwhelmed at the idea of you know trying to start investing, it's a very unconscious thing. Yeah. And, and most emotions are unconscious. Um, but they took a lot of time to do that research up front through customer interviews and through other forms of research. Um, so that's one. My other favorite example is uh, from Delta Airlines, and it's it's a much more tactical, small example. They have set up their phone system now so that if you're calling from a cell phone that just got a text message telling you your flight was canceled, mm-hmm. they don't annoy you further with the IVR. Ooh. The text message will simply, uh, or the IVR will simply say, are you calling about that text message that we just sent you? Wow. And, yeah, it, it elicits that response from people, that, wow, but think about if it were another human being. They text you, you pick up the phone and call them back, and they act like they have no memory <laughs> that they just texted you. <laughs> right. We wouldn't Plus put up press with that. one yeah. if you want. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't put up with that from another person. Um, yeah. To ask but, me about my day, press two. <laughs> and it seems minor, but a lot of bad customer experiences are these little death by a thousand cuts yeah. annoyances. It's not like one big cataclysmic event. Um, and so the more or you can avoid mm-hmm. exacerbating pain in an already painful yeah. situation, the better the customer's memory of the experience is going to be. Great. Yeah. So uh, assuming some of our listeners aren't um, thinking about emotion today the way that maybe some. Van- some <laughs> <laughs> the way that Vanguard and Delta uh, ha- are, and, and based on my personal experience, probably most of <laughs> most companies aren't thinking about that um how how do they get started what advice do you have for our cx pros listening the easiest way to get started is to tap into what you already have so voice of the customer data people convey a lot of emotion with the words they use so a lot of companies are using text analytics to pull out sentiment, so positive, negative, themes, intensity, uh, and not just looking at how are people feeling, but when are they feeling that. So one company used their text analytics to understand what are the scenarios in which people are most confused. Mm -hmm. So they looked for a specific emotion. So if you have a a tool, or even if you don't have a tool, if you have the data, voice, text, um, that's really a goldmine of information that you can have on what your customers' emotions already are. Um, And then starting from there, the other thing I would start with is beginning to understand that emotional context around the experience. Um, Vanguard did some very simple things, interviewing customers using what's called an emotion inventory, which is really just a list of emotion words and saying, when I bring up the topic of investing for your kids' (laughs) college, What emotions do you feel? And circling, it's a very low-tech paper way to do it, um, but it was really insightful for them. And so I think those are kind of two ends of the spectrum of things that companies can do with what they already have that can start to give you a much better picture of the emotional landscape. Thank you for joining us, Megan. And um, for listeners who are interested in getting even more information on 
um, emotion and its role in customer experiences. Megan has written research on this topic, um, understanding the impact of emotion on customer experience. I think it's a good place to start. Megan, any other ways, if people are interested in this topic, for them to get more from you? Sure. So on September 21st, which depending on when you're listening to this, either hasn't happened yet or happened in the past, I am slash will have recorded uh, a webinar where I will be talking about this and going into more detail because this research, there's so much richness to this topic of emotion. Um, There's a lot that we still, uh, as a CX community, have to learn about it. So I'm going to be doing a webinar that goes a little bit deeper into the research on September 21st, 2015. (laughs) <laughs> Great. Well, Megan, uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, again on the CX Cast. It's always nice to have you drop by. And listeners, thank you for joining us uh, for another episode. We'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at s-s-t-e-r-n at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.